This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Please note that the show Shining Girls includes portrayals of gender-based violence, sexual assault, and gore, and our podcast coverage discusses these topics. Resources for Rain and Weva are included in the show notes. Take care. Welcome back to Post Show Recaps coverage of Shining Girls. My name is Grace. I'm here with my co-host Melissa. Melissa, how are you doing? Doing good, Grace. How are you doing? Good. We watched another episode of Shining Girls. Amanda is also here. Dr. Amanda, how are you doing? I'm doing good. We're like learning more pieces of this mystery puzzle. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, did, did I see there were, I mean, we've only watched two out of the three episodes that mm-hmm. have dropped, but I saw you retweet an Apple TV tweets today that perhaps there's some clues. Uh, I think, I think that I realized that there's a lot of clues in the intro, I think as well. But Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah. a good thing. Melissa wrote the list of nouns. <laughs> um, my random list of nouns. Yes. Yeah. No, there was the, yeah, there, there seemed to be some more clues ac- accumulating and I, uh, retweeted one of Apple TV's tweets with the, uh, with the one word question clones question mark. I, I don't know that oh, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know that we're going to clones yet but i like the idea that i just like i'm just this person who always assumes that it's clones and yeah. that, I, that's like my new that's my new brand i'm, I'm the clone person that's it does great. seem like poetic justice of some kind that clones would be in shining girls and not <laughs> yeah that would be hilarious yeah that would be good uh yeah, uh, yeah. The tree was "Look Again, the Radium," 
so mm-hmm. I don't know. We've only watched two, so maybe I just completely spoiled myself because I saw this tweet before I watched episode two, and then oh, was immediately like, okay. oh, that box is like, okay, I get it. But yeah, um, look again though, the radium. Yeah, um, fun episode. I thought I mean fun. Uh, you know, very dark and, <laughs> and grim. Um, but yeah, the idea. I think um, the idea. Last episode, we got that idea of like, is there something inside uh, of Julia? Mm-hmm. And now we're learning that perhaps uh, Harper has a little bit of like he he's like kind of playing games. It seems like um, with the people mm-hmm. who might be trying to find him in the form of you know leaving things around and behind. And yeah. So. Like his his calling card, like he, like the wet bandits in Home Alone. You have to ha- you have to have a, a calling card. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I watched this episode having completely forgot every character's name, so mm-hmm. all of my notes are like <laughs> reporter creepy guy <laughs> like uh-huh. i just call him creep throughout all of my notes. yeah well Not maybe this. you're just trying to live vicariously through kirby who every time mm. she like, wakes up or moves uh doesn't know anybody's name people don't exist so you know it's ha- is harper named yet like i know we we I know so. his name so yeah so creepy guy i think is the most accurate way to refer to him at this juncture melissa there no. we go yeah yeah um all right the episode's called yeah as you mentioned earlier document evergreen um mm-hmm. i don't know do you have a thoughts on the on the episode title if we do i maybe i don't want to spoil what we'll talk about later but uh i'm not sure i really get the the, the episode title but i mean i'm sh- it's referring to the green of the decaying like radio luminescence of the radium right so, oh yeah okay and it stays um, okay yes Yes. There, yeah, yeah. There's so there's there's that tie-in, um, the the green uh radium luminescence, and then it's also this idea that it's like, and oh, yeah. and Harper says this. It's like, I'm always there. I'm everywhere. I'm always. It's you know, and uh, Kirby's. You know, it's all the time. So I think that there's this like sense again, like there's a lot of these like time references, and when you think of evergreen, it's something that's sort of everlasting and always, always relevant. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, so I assumed it was just like a shout out to me personally. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this episode, it's last episode we talked about, you know, like, why is he doing that? I, I think it's, you know, a little bit of indication. I think he likes sort of this cat and mouse game that he somehow can time travel and can be leaving these clues that nobody will ever uh, understand. I think certainly seems to be a part of it. And now I'm most interested in, in right now, how is he time traveling? Because he seems to be a pretty powerful individual to be able to like time yeah. travel. Uh, will perhaps yeah whenever he wants that's powerful yeah he'd be like the and most powerful marvel superhero villain villain he's a villain yeah it, he would be a villain, a villain. i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> it does sort of feel like th- it's the whole like this is his radioactive spider bite that has given him the mm. ability to time travel and right. assault women that way um which is kind of horrifying it it it's a little bit weird i'm hoping there's more to it than that that it's not just you like should oh, really by the be, way yeah. you should really be like investing in the stock market too you would think while he's at it it's it's yeah, pretty li- limited limited application of this immense power grace as you yeah. pointed out get the uh get the sports almanac like uh like marty gets <laughs> yeah. uh from 1985 right, come on right uh bet on the gambling bet on yeah. the sports the yeah, bet, bet on the gambling it's fine it may it's sound fun. like noise to you but your kids are gonna love it <laughs> <laughs> try it 
Uh, all right, should we jump into the episode? We'll jump into the recap. Uh, I think we should make more Back to the Future references first. I don't think we'll be done. Uh, so uh, we uh, see Kirby writing in the, the or so she's uh, she's with Marcus, uh, and she's like, where where's Rachel? And he's like, hey, you didn't invite your mom. And he's like, where's all the stuff? And uh, the, the door, uh, someone knocks at the door, and uh, it's Marcus's birthday, so they're having a party. <laughs> this is like the worst situation to be like uh, so she's she's like getting her bearings and all of a sudden she's hosting a party for the husband that she just has only now realized that she has this is like nightmare scenario under the best of circumstances yeah it's pretty brutal. yeah she sort of like barely holds it together this whole time and mm-hmm. you know later marcus will say that she ruined his birthday and it's like yeah, but she didn't just like scream and kick everybody out either, which I sort of feel like would have been justified mm-hmm. at that point. This was, uh, bit, this was very severance, right, Melissa? Like mm. somebody just like coming to in a situation like this was very much oh, yeah. like the uh, the innies uh, waking up on the outside right here. Yeah. And she has to like pick all the context clues, right? Mm-hmm. Where she's trying to like figure out what's going on here. And the I, I thought the touch that was neat was the... Um, I've forgotten her name because apparently I can't remember anyone's name in the show. Um, but the one coworker who mm-hmm. hadn't remembered her name before and was all like uh, that she mentioned moving and uh, that one like came in and instantly knew her and knew her name. So it was just like very much this different vibe with her work yeah. colleagues than she has in the other timeline that we've seen. Yeah. The most interesting thing, it's most noticeable, I think, later when like Dan will be talking to her about things that they very clearly have like never talked about mm-hmm. uh, that like everybody else's. This is their reality. Right. That like uh, these two are married. There's clearly like, you know, interactions that have happened, but they work together. Um, and like, yeah, she's seeing this picture of uh, Kirby and Marcus, like them at their wedding. And so he's like, are you guys, is everything all right with you two? Like this is their reality. Uh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. Um to me yeah Yeah, a nice detail here was like you know um she's sort of like all the attention goes to kirby and the it's like time for her to say something and like her her little happy birthday speeches i don't know how i got here and being married to you just doesn't seem real happy birthday yeah i wrote this line down too because it was like it sounds sweet maybe but also she means like i don't know you i'm like this is weird i really think actually there's ways in which i always think that the best uh dramas are funny and the best comedies Mm -hmm. can like make you cry and can be dramatic and i do think that the show has been funny through two episodes but so dryly (laughs) like so like it's just almost like sad funny like the way that she's like i don't know how i got here i can't you know it doesn't (laughs) even seem real that i'm married to you happy birthday like it's so sad And yet it's very funny to me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, like another, you know, brilliant Elizabeth Moss acting scene where she's like walking that line between clearly being like disoriented and overwhelmed, but like trying to hold it together together enough that like people are probably like, okay, something's a little off with her. But she's like her entire reality is just completely shifted um and she is holding it together enough and like giving the speech as if it's like a sweet sort of choked up thing and not a like who the hell are you why am i here yeah yeah it's very very strong uh she heads into a room she looks in her notebook and uh, again this like altered reality uh, it says lives with your husband marcus mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i did find it funny that she you know just like reaches under the mattress and pulls out this notebook like nothing everything else is different she's not in the same apartment 
Uh, she's not living with the same person, but like she knew exactly where to find that notebook when she went yeah. there. Yeah, a lot of um, her things remain. Like when she when her desk moves, like it is still this the Godzilla mug, although it's not being used to like catch the leak. It like has her pens in it. Like a lot of the stuff in the apartment is the same stuff from her apartment before. It's just that she it's in three B right. instead of two B. Mm -hmm. Right. And have um have either of you seen the the film Memento? Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and it's sort of I mean which is actually like a reasonable depiction of amnesia and it and it sort of um you know reminds me of like we've talked about how much is this like map onto anything that's like sort of neurologically plausible, but like it almost seems like she's developed these habits and you do train people who have amnesia to like develop these habits. So even if they don't remember like that they have a memory book they just sort of develop this habit of I go to my side table when I need to find something and then they can look in there for information and how in Memento he sort of trains himself to like look at his tattoos to get the information he needs so it sort of reminded me that she has this habit of like okay I look under the um I look under the mattress um I looked at the other details here that she had written down um, and this comes up again. I think Wicker Park is a neighborhood in Chicago. Um, so that's where she lives. Um, we see again, like the address, but this time it says uh, unit 3B. Um, and she has some basic, um, you know, notes lives with Marcus and, you know, where the bedroom is. Um, and I was like, and I started thinking like Grendel is a very specific name for a pet. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I did do a quick little Google on Grendel. And Grendel is a character in the epic poem Beowulf, mm. um, which is not, uh, I mean, I've heard of Beowulf, but I'm, I'm not uh, very familiar with this work. Um, he's one of the poem's three antagonists, all aligned in opposition against uh, the protagonist Beowulf. Grendel is feared by all. Uh, he's depicted as a monster or a giant. So it's like kind of a fierce name to like give to your you know sweet little house cat or mm -hmm. you know dog so i i wonder if that's going to be like thematically relevant yeah I a, have, a yeah. descendant of cain described as a creature of darkness exiled from happiness and a cursed of god the destroyer and devourer <laughs> of humankind yeah cheery oh. yeah I hadn't oh, thought about the it was dog between later. that and Marley. It was like <laughs> <laughs> no Marley's too sad. We can't do Marley. Yeah. Um because so later when she's talking about this, she'll she'll mention being walking by the beach, I think, and then with her dog. And she's kind of describing like everyone was there and then suddenly I was alone, which I think is um, you know, clearly some creepy uh creep guy shenanigans who knows um but i did sort of wonder like she was very insistent on this idea that she was like walking her dog mm -hmm. and so like what what happened to mm -hmm. that dog is there like mm -hmm. some you know the show is dark enough we don't need to right like, go too far down that road but it, it did make me wonder if like the nuance or like the um, the lack of like fixed consistency around the pet was in somehow because of like the dog being there at the time and and uh you know it's certainly the thing i, I mean you talked about the uh, the items are not are not changing the the, do the pet is changing between mm -hmm. a dog and a cat that's interesting to me and also i just realized she was at the beach 
uh, last episode, he's like, wow, you picked the one place in Florida that doesn't have a beach. That oh, makes sense. interesting. Yeah. Don't pick a beach. Somebody also asked uh, perhaps if her, her license, because last episode she checks her license and thought that might have been a Florida license, um, which I feel like, yeah, the, like the show feels like, yeah, it's set in Chicago and it's telling us so, it's like so often. So hard. We are in Chicago. <laughs> like this is Chicago. 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 Uh, yeah, like, I, I meant to yeah. go back and look at the license, no, I like, I, and I didn't do it. And I was like, oh, maybe one of them did it, but none of us did it. We can look. We can <laughs> look for next homework. time. We're also potting tomorrow, but um, yeah. So, but I was wondering, like, because is, is it an or like the I think in the Discord the question was, is it an Orlando mm -hmm. address? And I know that it says Auckland Unit B on in her notebook, and oh. I was wondering, did that look like Orlando? Like, yeah, it could be. But uh, I definitely will go back and interrogate the license. Yeah, I think it's a good point about the the dog comes up in the story, uh, right? Because you don't walk yeah. a cat. Like if, if no. it, it like yeah. so, was the dog Grendel? Like, or you know, is it like is that the dog? Is this a different dog? It's a really interesting question. Mm -hmm. Right. So we get our intro, um, and yeah, I think that uh, writing down the list of nouns was correct because they're definitely <laughs> the, the the tin can is in the intro. Um, so I think there's clues as to perhaps what he is like leaving the things he's leaving behind, uh, you know, tormenting these people. I think there's definitely clues in the intro. Yeah. I didn't write Listeners should down. send us more nouns. Uh, yeah. I, you know, as I was watching, I was like trying to write them down and I wrote down, you know, a fraction of what all was in there. So send us nouns. <laughs> not just saying it, not like Matt, don't let Mad Libs this. Like, Pause the show. No, and I, I just want like all no. the nouns. Oh, okay. Yeah. All the no, no yeah. articles, no adjectives, no prepositions. No. We're only in the market for That's nouns right. right now. That's right. This is noun town. That's the name <laughs> of our new one. <laughs> uh, so Dan's at the arcade. He meets Howard. Uh, yeah. Any place mm -hmm. to go meet the the. <laughs> Like, that's yeah. where the corner hangs out yeah. okay yeah. actually corner arcade. side uh fun fact there's a like technical difference between a medical examiner and a coroner okay. um yeah. medical examiners went to medical school coroners are elected officials that right. didn't necessarily have to go to medical school um i think it's very different like county by county i did go down a bit of a rabbit hole once trying oh. to understand this u.s system that i'm like not a part in but um anyway he is a medical examiner uh and they refer to him as an ME. So he is like okay. a he has doctor, an M, which so he has an MD. And then they make yeah. a point of like showing diplomas and credentials on yeah. the wall too. Yeah. Um not that I think it's relevant. That was just my fun fact. Uh, no, it's great. Yeah. That all the more reason that Iris should have known better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> with her anatomy terms. Um yeah, I like this. So Dan, you know, kind of is making, you know, medical examiner small talk. I saw last night's crime stats and he's like the first week, uh, you know, Howard says the first week is spring. The asters bloom and people kill people. And that actually is true that the homicide rates are higher in. Um, first of all, they're higher in warm weather climates than they are in cold weather climates. And they are higher in warm weather months. That's so wild. People Do go out. Why? I mean, the theory is that, you know, when it's cold, people stay inside and actually, um, you know, rates of suicide are higher in the right. cold winter months. And then when it's warm outside, people go outside and see other people and uh, it puts them in a homicidal rage, something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, that tracks. It's too hot. Yeah, he's asking about uh, uh, like Howard's read on this on, on the girl that he brought in. Uh, you know, she was fine with it until she wasn't. Uh, Dan wants to know did her wounds match Julia's? 
it's hard to tell her scars are old and dan's uh asking for the the autopsy uh, report which uh because the police have made an arrest they'd Mm -hmm. have to release it Mm -hmm. so yeah uh we get pretty great he's like yeah nothing else inside of her uh and he ends up he does end up showing him the report he brings him back down yeah this is the part uh, i didn't understand he's like oh show me the autopsy report and it's like i can't do that but here's this box full of like photos and information that you can just look i imagine that some of it probably gets like turned over to the state and his official state's evidence and like you can't have access to that because that's part of a legal case i mean it doesn't seem i mean so so but that whatever else was left was not state's evidence like that's going to be used in that case and so i i can sort of see that like the actual report you know can't like because if it goes to the press and gets leaked or whatever that um that that could be a problem but um you know dan is you know he's he's always on it seems like you know dan says that people like him yeah and i'm not getting a lot of evidence of people like dan but he does seem to always have a decent relationship with the medical examiner um whether it's howard or iris um and they go back to the morgue together and like they like, have like the box of stuff that was found i guess in and around the body yeah, that's a, the take that I took was that like Howard's like, yeah, like I'm not supposed to show like, yeah, I'm not really. And then because Dan kind of is like, yeah, did I do something you missed? He's like, okay, fine. Like come like, and he does say there's like when he's like, I want to take a picture or something. He's like, and the whole thing is like, this, none of this can be reported. Like you can come see it, but like none of it can be reported. Right. right? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, they're talking about the, you know, the, this interesting line about like the cousin was the one to come in and identify her. The dad wasn't, uh, couldn't right. do it. Um, uh, she was dragged. Um, they searched inside. There wasn't anything there. Uh, they do find this tin box, uh, which uh, is radium ore. Um, and, uh, and Dan takes a picture of it and yeah, uh, radium yeah. ore from Midway chemical company. And it's been out of business since the 1950s. So Howard says it's been down there longer than she has. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he mentions that she had kind of bruising consistent with, uh, having been dragged really far, she had a C3 fracture. So that's the cervical th- three. That's like basically in your neck. It's kind of the third, um, vertebrae vertebrae thank you uh and uh he points out that the ribs were still intact there's nothing inside he kind of did a search but then there's like this tin uh nearby i guess and so it was that there was uh this radium there but i did love this whole exchange uh where he goes are you up for it i uh, i know you're a delicate soul Mm -hmm. and then when he starts to open it and uh, Dan goes to turn off the light, but it looks like he's turning he's like away. He's like, it, yeah. come on, you asked yeah, yeah. me for this. And he seems like all annoyed. Yeah. Uh, but he spots the glow-in-the-dark radium. Yeah, glow-in-the-dark body cavity. Um, so he says, yeah, the uranium was inside of her. Um, so that's yeah. the conclusion. So we know that this is something that is like very old from the 1950s and that um, apparently it was inside the body for uh you know some period of time for the two years before it was found yeah so i did look this up uh when so radium isn't normally green uh it's Mm. you know i I was kind of curious about this so pure radium is kind of a silvery white but when it decays Mm. uh it does create this kind of byproduct and that can be radioluminescent so uh and have kind of these fluorescent chemicals i thought it was weird that he just sort of like very quickly like turned off the light and knew what to look for there but whatever but anyway radium was uh discovered by uh 
Marie and Pierre Curie, mm-hmm. you know, it's the thing that uh, partially, you know, led to their death, which is not great. So it's a dangerous, uh, dangerous thing we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this whole thing. So I think the other piece of this whole thing, right, is that um, like the this pipe had been closed for 50 years, right? It's the thing that Dan yeah. uh, notices. Um, and this and so Julia had been missing for two years mm-hmm. right so but presume like my best guess right is that like he travels back in time to put it there so he doesn't get caught and then you know leaves her there um but yeah i Maybe imagine though if if that had been the case then her the body decay we'd be dealing with would be like significantly oh, different yeah. than two years so yeah i don't i don't know because i had that same thought too where i was like oh that must have been how like more time travel shenanigans but mm-hmm. I'm like, but that doesn't totally track i like i feel like then we would have had some comment about you know the atypical get, level of decay or yeah, something it's, it's, it's yeah just, it's interesting though that's like that they that they know that that pipe has been sealed up for 50 years and now we know that there's this artifact from the 1950s or earlier that's with the body so um yeah that seems like a specific detail that they mentioned how long the pipe had been sealed up you know like why why give that level of specificity in that brief exchange um so i think it's definitely something to just kind of track so if the pipe had been sealed if he can time travel and time travel people with him then theoretically he could time travel back before the pipe when the pipe is open go in time travel into the future leave her there time travel <laughs> like it's convoluted but i feel like that's but yeah maybe, maybe I'm, gonna, I'm totally wrong I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a whiteboard for this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just that the i i'm totally with you with this idea of like kill her in the present time travel back with the body dump it in the pipe that you know is going to be sealed up for 50 years i yeah, the, the, the why problem is, she, is that, why is she, and that yeah. body is yeah. now yeah so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I feel like need, that's like either a, it's like yeah. an oversight or we're missing a piece of the puzzle, which is probably mm-hmm. very likely two episodes into the show. Yeah. Um, so we do see Harper, uh, our bad guy, uh walking. He heads into what looks like to be sort of like an abandoned house and yeah, it's like a, a row home. Like it looks like the the upper floors have like boarded up windows. Yeah. Or as my notes say, we see creepy guy walk into a house. <laughs> yes. Uh, he unlocks the door. He has keys. Uh, he reads the paper. He sees the piece about Julia. Uh, this is he's he's like when he sits down, he has a mug. He sips from it, puts it down. The next time he drinks from it, it's a different mug. It's a different mug. Yeah. Yeah. So he went from drinking like coffee out of a mug to what I think is tea out of like a teacup. Yeah, I took a lot of uh, like I paid a lot of attention to this scene because I was one. Well, first thing like I noticed, and I don't think we've mentioned this about Harper yet, is that his like style of dress is like very nondescript. Like it could be something from the 1950s or it could be something from the 1990s. Like the way that he dresses is sort of like doesn't really call to any time like his haircut and everything would like look in place in different Mm -hmm. time periods Mm -hmm. um i was looking for clues in his house like the appliances to try to see if like they were modern if like it was this was night like a 90s blender or like a 60s 70s blender and um the appliances are sort of older looking but this is also like obviously could just be like a a home that has not been well maintained um what he's holding a newspaper that he's reading and i 
stopped on all of the newspaper shots to see if I could get clues about the date. And I was wondering if when the mug shifts, if like the newspaper time might also shift along mm -hmm. with that. Um, so this is what I learned from the newspaper. Um, the headlines were um, there were some things like project depends on 190 million break um, dollar break, how electricity subsidies work, developer takes off on new tracks. So all of that stuff was kind of local stuff that was hard to confirm. But then I saw Bush unveils aid plan for ex-Soviet republics. Well, which Bush? <laughs> yeah, no, well, and yeah. so that it. So I did look that up. This would be 1992. Yeah. Um, so that does map on to 1992. I don't there's, think George W. Bush was doing much with this. There's, yeah, so yeah. Soviet era. So there's also a <laughs> caterpillar vows uh, to um, what I, I I wrote something wrong, but it was about a caterpillar um, strike. So there was um, there was a caterpillar strike in 1992. There were like a few caterpillar strikes, and then when he turns to Hold the page, can we explain caterpillar? Because oh. I'm digging the insects. <laughs> oh, sorry. So caterpillar is. I'm like imagining little insects with picket signs. That's what yeah, I'm imagining. Uh, at the they, they all went on strike they in, went in the U.S. <laughs> it was crazy, Grace. It was in the 90s, and they were like, "We're not turning we, into butterflies." We won't be butterflies. <laughs> no more cocoons. Um, no. So yeah, caterpillar Plans. is like that company that makes those construction vehicles okay, right got it got it got it um and they right. had a union that went on strike um in the 90s a few different times so um so those things those headlines map on to 1992 and then on the page where it's um where it's uh the the story about julia like we think that, that that's the story that dan has just written jan velasquez and the other headline on that page is that the o'hare guard unit um was is is home from the mid-east and there was um chicago o'hare there there was there was a guard unit that was um held hostage in the mid-east that was released so everything kind of maps on to like 1990s um and jefferson park woman fatally stabbed is a story about julia so that's probably a deeper dive than i needed to do <laughs> i think it's worth doing i think it's fun uh mm -hmm. it's interesting yeah. yeah uh so we didn't see this man we've never seen before uh and it, it finds out that that harper is the one talking to him mm -hmm. um but he's like it wasn't until continue that i heard a horse scream no, the dogs would bark first. Uh, I was very confused by this scene. And, and then the guy's like, I'll stop if I've told you this before. Harper says, we have to stop anyway. She's just coming in now. Um, has to go. He's like, how do I look? Uh, and uh, are you here to see Julia? Harper's like, yeah, she's not my girl. Not this time. I'll see you, Leo. What, what is this about? Who's Leo? I was super confused by this scene. Melissa, do you have anything? Uh, no. So yeah, uh, Contigny uh, was the first major battle of World War One. I. I looked that up. Um, later, uh, Julia will refer to uh, Harper's gig line, which is like the straight line of buttons down to belt buckle. Yeah, uh, that is a part of like military dress. So mm -hmm. there's like some connection there. And I thought, okay, if like time is weird, could this guy have fought in world war one and like time traveled to the present and he's like recalling this 
memory. I don't know. Uh, this I don't well, know we do get we get the we do get the time like that the year is 1990 here. So obviously this is and this seems to be like a residential home mm-hmm. um, yeah. because this is where um, this is where Julia comes to see her social work client. So whoever mm-hmm. this Leo is that's talking to Harper is for some reason um, in this residential home. How many years has radium been out? Like they haven't used. So we know that the pipe is 50 years old, which would put they it. They said like, that radium hadn't been around since the fifties. So that was like, it's 50s. kind of that same timeline. Mm-hmm. And then 50 years, the pipe would be mm-hmm. like 42. Uh, I guess world war one. I. I mean, this guy definitely, I mean, I feel like he's creepy enough to be like, yeah, I'll go watch the war, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like uh, I could go to the movies tonight or I could go watch world war one. I. I go watch continue and he watches yeah. like, the horse get killed. You know, that feels like Harper's, you know, who's going to watch. And yeah, I think the military. So, and I also think like you said that his outfit is very nondescript. I do feel like he's like very, like he, he is old fashioned. In a, in it a is way. old fat. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so it made me wonder if, you know, so this guy that he's talking to could, you know, have some uh, delusions and, you know, maybe has some sort of like schizophrenia diagnosis or something and uh, is recounting the story of, you know, having imagined that he was fighting in World War One and that is being used here in this show as kind of a contrast to the like actual time uh, traveling uh, Harper that is happening. Or is this guy not delusional, was in the war, like somehow Harper has brought him to the present, but people think he is because he thinks that he fought in the war and is there kind of misdiagnosed. I There's, there's a lot of different things that could be happening. And I don't yeah. know that we can narrow down any of it. If you're also looking to just like chat with, you know, he's, t- he's telling him like, Leo's like, are you here to see Julia? Like, She's not my girl. Like, not yet. Like, if you're going to like, kind of like, tell anybody is it yeah somebody like who's like in some sort of patient center mm-hmm. where like are they very believable mm-hmm. uh if they tell somebody and you know you can and maybe you can manipulate them in a way of like you don't tell anybody about this stuff we're talking about you know but but i mean you know a way for him to like talk about all of this stuff uh perhaps yeah. I don't yeah, know. yeah it seemed like he was like getting <clears throat> actually my notes are not clear enough for me to remember but it's like it seemed like they were rehearsing details of a story to get it right so it's like no the the whole, first it was the dogs that bark then we would smell it then the rest like it seems like they were going over the details of a story to make sure that they got it right um and i don't know like if this was for harper's benefit or for leo's benefit um yeah and also if there is this thing with time unless um, i know you're not a fan of paradoxical time travel but <laughs> if you go back and every time it ha- like it has this is a this is, mm, a dark bingo uh everything always has to happen again so if you like especially this this happens a lot when like you see yourself that if you see yourself then then you have to like that cycle will keep repeating. So if he's been doing this like multiple, is there some weird way where he does this like multiple times? If he's, because t- like Leah's saying like, I'll stop if we've heard, if I've told you this one before. Right. Implying that like they've had these conver- this conversation, like he-, he told him stories before and perhaps that's something that like Leo is is inciting um, from uh, like Harper that like, yeah, I've told you this story before. Either like multiple times because he comes to see him all the time or like, is he almost like deja vu if that makes mm-hmm, sense of like mm-hmm. yeah we keep doing this like you you keep like time traveling to me and i have to you know we live the same thing over and over again i don't know anyway um so julia signs in um 
Harper being a total creep, just staring at her. Um, he offers her a coffee and she declines. Um, and uh, is like, are you visiting someone you serve with? Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Um, and he giggles uh, and he's like, uh, yeah, it takes training for men to match their buttons to their buckle. Um, Harper goes uh, to touch her hair. Do not touch me. Yeah. And um, he yeah. says to her, he's like, you shouldn't wear your hair like that. Not at work. And like, oh, I hated this so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was again, Melissa, like you called this out in this scene where he interacts with Jenny and the planetarium and this again was like this other scene where julia's being polite and cordial and he's harassing her and he continues to escalate until he crosses a line and actually like touches her invades her personal space and she like reacts immediately she's like you know don't touch me and then she just walks off to leave to meet her client yeah the yeah. reaction was actually so much that i wondered for a moment if it was like almost subconscious right like it 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 felt like such a switch there that she was kind of being polite and kind of humoring this conversation to very suddenly like set that boundary that i was like oh i wonder if she even if she doesn't remember any interaction with this person before she knows and there is like this very quick reaction there on some sort of like subconscious level mm -hmm. as well as just the like don't touch people yeah. <laughs> you don't know mm -hmm. them. Yeah. yeah uh again we talked last week about like uh this idea that like you know it, the book comes sort of before me too it, like mm -hmm. really becomes sort of the mainstream this episode really felt like yeah this is some of the stuff they're trying to of like um he is just being awful and then there's some stuff with um kirby later that i think feels like very like um again the idea of like mapping on like real life in onto this like science fiction uh time travel thriller. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I really want to get to that with like the way that Kirby is treated by the police and even yeah. like the press. Like that yeah. was really, really um that that really spoke to that, I think, Grace. Yeah. Um, so she chats with, uh, one of her clients, uh, she gets to be there cause she's half an hour, she's half an hour early. Um, and then uh, a little bit later she's walking home and as she's walking home, she already sees that her door is open. Um, she checks her voicemails and she calls out for her dad, apologize that she was, uh, she's late cause she's with a client and it looks like they're unpacking boxes and that they've just moved, mm -hmm. they've moved in. Um, but she finds a Polaroid in with one of the pots. Um, uh, the dad's like, yeah, you didn't see, she's like, with where's this from? Like, I've never been here. It's like, well, yeah. you seem happy to be there. No. Yeah. yeah. There were two moments in this. Cause there's the music where yeah. he's like, Oh, I've played this for you before. And she's like, Oh, I don't remember. And then there's this photo where she's like, Oh, I don't like know what this is from. And so it did feel to me like maybe her memories are being tampered with or affected in some way. Like she might have be having some of the experiences that we see Kirby having like this mm -hmm. picture like she clearly doesn't remember the picture being taken like when her dad says oh that looks like it's the North Shore she says she never goes there um, and like we're going to And see that stood out to me too of like is she sub again like subconsciously avoiding it like is there because a bad thing happened to her there that she doesn't remember. Mm -hmm. um, and is the North Shore where um kirby's assault happened as well it was like north beach so north probably beach. yeah, yeah it like like looks like if up. you search beach it's they seem to be in the same area um, um yeah yeah so there's like just some evidence that there's things and we'll see more polaroid pictures that like julia mm -hmm. doesn't recognize like how they could have been taken and um 
So again, indications that time is being messed with and that she might be having similar experiences to what Kirby is having. Um, and then, so yeah, this was, it does seem like the whole family moves into this house, right? That this mm -hmm. isn't just Julia's house. Yes, that the dad's, yeah, because he's right. like, I've made some executive decisions as to like mm -hmm. where stuff is going to go. It's a big deal. Where do you put the, where do you put the cutlery? Oh, oh yeah. The bowls, you know. I, and, that, and that's the family home that we'll see like later in the 1992 timeline also, that, yeah. that that's the family home. It's funny because mm -hmm. I, the picture I immediately was not like, oh, this is what's happening to Kirby. I mean, because like the line, like, yeah, you didn't look happy to be there to me was like, oh, he is going to like kidnap her and take her there in the future take a picture of her and then now he's time traveled back to leave the picture of her from the future in a place where she can right yeah uh, very possible was, was my was my reading rather than if her this is something that she has done but i think both are totally plausible i think uh as soon yeah. as you like yeah, it could be this the exact same stuff that's happening to kirby like oh yeah that makes that makes sense yeah mm -hmm. um yeah so uh Kirby cuts out, she's cutting out articles from the paper um, mm -hmm. and uh, she's looking for clips on her uh, assault. Dan is looking for clips on her assault and there's like none of them. And mm -hmm. she's like, are you still working on Madrigal? And uh, she says, yeah, there won't be much to pull. Dan asks if he can look at the police report and uh, Kirby immediately is like, oh, you must have found something with like Julia. Mm -hmm. um, and Dan starts to like sort of have this talk with her of, like, this is going to be a little bit problematic that you're both the source and you work for the paper. I need to be able to verify your information. And um, asked again about like, did he did he leave something inside of you? Yeah, I I found this has come up a few times. I think for Kirby in these conversations, where like she has this really strong reaction to this suggestion that maybe her recall of events isn't perfect. Like she says, "Oh, so you think I'm lying?" Uh, mm -hmm. And there's like there's been other times that I'm not pulling mm -hmm. up right now, but it's like where someone has kind of implied like maybe you know you don't have like a great memory of this and, and has kind of commented on that and she takes it she gets very defensive about that and I think like understandably so when I think a part of her knows that maybe she can't trust her own memories around that because she can't trust her own memories of anything that has happened since then um but it is just it's clearly this like point of contention for her that she yeah is yeah, yeah. About. and it does but and i also do think it reflects so like she does feel a lot of certainty around what happened to her and that is like her true north it's like i don't know whether i live with my mom or i live with my husband like i don't know whether my desk is on the left side of the room or the right side of the room but like i know that this happened to me and so it's like if when people doubt her and try to take that from her that it really is like kind of threatening her like the one thing about her that she actually feels like she has a, a good sense of like she yeah. has a solid sense of so i think this upcoming scene i think it's a very powerful one i think before we get into it let's take a quick commercial break and then we will be right back Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back. And uh, yeah, I think this is the scene. Uh, this is the scene I was referencing earlier, Amanda, where like uh, he, uh, she takes uh, him to the laundromat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So Kirby and uh, Dan are at the laundromat and she says, um, you know, he, this is what he left a matchbook inside of me from the be happy bar. And it has this address on it. And Dan who I think we're going to get some more clues about Dan. Dan's like, oh, yeah, this must have been a bar. This would be a great place for a bar. <laughs> yeah, he uh-huh. seems really enthusiastic about that. All I have to say is happy bees. <laughs> happy, like, bees. Yeah, happy bees. Oh, happy bees. Yeah. The bee, the bee happy bar. Oh, do you yeah. think it's Instead bee? of funny, the funny bees the bee were funny the bee bar happy be bar. Yeah. The B-E-E happy bar. Um, and but no, Kirby checked the records and there's never been a bar at this address. Um, and this is when Dan, you know, shows her like, oh, yeah, well, this is what this is what we found inside Julia. This is the the chemical box. Um, and this is when Dan says, like, well, like this gets back to this idea. It's like I, I, I you need to be able to verify with me what happened. Like I need to be able to trust your report. So walk me through what happened and she starts to give the details she was at she was by north avenue beach she was walking her dog they were alone and you know dan's trying to get some corroborating evidence like were you living with marcus back then can he like vouch that you left the house at this time and came back at this time and like these are standard things for a reporter or an investigator to want to know um but she has no idea whether she was married to marcus then yeah so she's very defensive and like avoid like why does that matter (laughs) and it's like Mm -hmm. well because like yeah, and he wasn't there. I was alone. Like she it it again feels very rehearsed her like way of answering these questions. Like I was alone. I was walking my dog by the beach. Like these are things that she has said over and over and over again. And it's like it this is the last time I think that she can think of her memories as being reliable whether they are or not at this point. Mm-hmm. And so it it very much feels like she's clinging to this moment of like no, I know what happened. This is it. Like I have said this over and over again to the point that I've memorized this moment. Uh 
this like very impactful, emotionally right. charged moment, which we know does things to your memory. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it was just, I thought this whole scene was very interesting the mm -hmm. way that she was like very insistent, like, no, I know what happened. Yeah. yeah and after like, you know, she gets asked about like her mom, like, you don't know if your mom is local or not. Like, you don't know. And he's like, these are very basic questions. And she's like, for you, like, you know, these are not, they're not basic for me. Not today. Mm -hmm. uh, just phenomenal acting from Elizabeth yeah. Moss, mm -hmm. I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah, it's and that's really powerful. And like again, this is one of those things like you can sort of read this line as, you know, like it's not basic for her because she lives in this constantly shifting reality with separate timelines and time travel that we don't even understand yet. Or you can also say it's not basic for me because talking about this event at all is not, you know, it's not a basic thing to recall these details. Um so I think, again, this is like one of those lines that can be read in both of those ways. Um, and, you know, and he says, it's OK, like, I don't need all the answers now. And she says she just doesn't want to get it wrong. Um, so, you know, they're going to uh, um, end up leave the laundromat and she's going to try to corroborate this. But like, I also think it's interesting, like we're getting this as a bit of Kirby's personality. But I think that this is also like her adaptive style is she is sort of like vague and withholding and sarcastic and like like you know it's like I didn't say I was helping Birdie you did or yeah. like you know like like she says like oh why does it matter if I was married he wasn't there like so it's like that's a little bit of like seems like she's well yeah but like like it works for her because she doesn't always know what to say because her reality is shifting the way this maps on to real life situations for me is the way in which women so often get um, like people say, well, you went back to him or you texted him, you know, so there are details about the story that that people presume poke holes and are able to dismiss the fact that a woman was abused. Um, and to me, that's the parallel here of like her you know, it's, it's, you know, within the, the framework of this like science fiction story that she is, does not have her memory that she, you know, mm -hmm. she can't trust what she, she knows, but I feel like the way he's like, I need you to tell me everything. And then she is not willing to say everything because of the way for me, the, the like the, the real life metaphor is the way that people will be like, you know, that, that, that abuse stories are often so much more complex. And there are many ways in which like, women don't report abuse or they will go back to the people or they will message them, you know, you know, because that's the way abuse works. Like you often are like, mm -hmm. you know, have loved and, that person at some point. And these and, details get used against yes. you. So like, yes. if you give that detail, it's like, Oh, your mom is local. Why didn't you, why didn't you call your mom? Like, why didn't right. you go to your mom? Like, Oh, the, why did you do? Oh, if Marcus was there, why didn't you call him? It's like any of these things can end up being used to cast doubt on the validity of the story. So like to have them, the sort of metaphor of that be Kirby's situation, I think is really powerful. Yeah. yeah there's a statistic that I think it's something like it takes on average, like six attempts to leave right. before you can like leave a domestic mm -hmm. abuse situation. Like it, it, this is, it's not the exception by any means that it, mm -hmm. you know, can it's, it takes a lot. It's really hard and it, and can take a few times before it's possible if it is at all. And it's, you know, there's a lot of really, good reasons why it's really really hard and so uh, yeah it's it's really interesting to see this all being uh kind of dissected in this way and kirby trying to like advocate for herself in these times when she's talking about like i don't want to talk about this i can't whatever um 
and then being pushed and then having to, you know, trying to walk those lines and set those boundaries and, but also still wanting to get to the bottom of what happened and needing help to do that. It's, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so they head to the well. Uh, oh. like, is there a cover? You can make donations inside. There's gospel music. And uh, okay, she's looking at the pamphlets, nothing really here. And then she hears her mother singing. And uh, her mother sings, they finish the song, and then she sees Kirby. She's like, oh, it's my daughter. And like, everybody group hugs her. It's yeah, so, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, my daughter, and she starts like, right, Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing my daughter back. And like, everybody's like <laughs> gathering around. So, this is like uh -huh. a very different Rachel in this very timeline. Like, she's not, you know, getting bumped by Jesus Lizard at 3 a.m. at a bar. <laughs> a different she's Jesus Lizard. A different, yeah. This is, oh, wow. This is, I found a new Jesus Lizard. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Kirby's just looking to get her hospital records and some photos. They go back to uh, uh, Rachel's apartment, it seems like. Mm -hmm. She gives Kirby this like a photo album. It's like, yeah, not not these. No, not, these not, not, the not, the, not the vacations at the beach, mom. That's <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, read the room, Rachel. <laughs> uh, she needs the photos and the journals from after the hospital. Why do you need all this? Uh, she's finding that like, yeah, there's the links to, you know, Julia's case uh, and it might be the same person. And her mom's like, you're helping. Like, why are you helping? Who's making you do this? Uh, she does check the old suitcase and finds, um, uh, finds what she was looking for. Um, I feel like, uh, even though she's like, uh, you know, at the Christian, you know, gospel group, she does name drop the effigies. She's like, remember yeah. this is when I opened it for the effigies. Yeah. So, so you get yeah. the feeling that this is like, probably like, this was like the same Rachel, right? Who had yeah. this career as like, uh, you know, in like a rock group. And then at some point she found Jesus. Who knows if this like coincided with whatever happened to Kirby, like if that was part of her like mm. religious awakening. But, um, but like, you know, up until like not, I mean, in the timeline of the show, like you have to think that this would have been like not not more than five ten years like before the assault right because like kirby the effigies a, are, are in the 80s they're in so, the 80s and 90s yeah. yeah so um so you know and kirby and we see kirby in this vhs recording like getting up on stage and singing with her mom um and they have like a sweet mother-daughter moment just kind of laughing and reminiscing about this and kirby's like well why don't we talk anymore mom and she's like well, that was your call, but you're invited to come to services at any time. And this might be the first uh, Elizabeth Moss smile in the show so far. And I was like, oh, oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's very nice. I was like, let's capture that. Yeah. How do we fix that? Yeah. <laughs> she smiled when Marcus took her picture. True, true. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So um, the, uh, the the I think this is the guy that's Julia had uh was talking to when she arrived like the, this was her client at yeah, like the client. residential facility yep it's like uh yeah never seen any radium um she never talked about herself uh and uh she didn't know to be scared until it was too late so he's basically saying that like he used to walk her out to the car she definitely felt like she was being um stalked um and she changed uh changed a few weeks before she stopped coming that's almost following her and uh, he calls her uh, a diamond of the rarest kind. Yeah, um, really. Yeah. Is, I mean, I, I like with the, as little that we as we get from Julia. Like, I feel like she seems amazing. Like she yeah. and 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 you sort of get the impression that she was like really really tough, like you know, and really compassionate and great at her job. 
and that something shifted in the you know in the lead up to um you know this event when she was being stalked and that was when um you know when she became fearful and started asking to be walked to her car yeah this did make me think of that moment where you know she was earlier when he went to touch her hair and she was just like don't touch my hair like it was a very like firm boundary line and th this was the woman to me who could not kick a linebacker to right and then it was like the person that she became as a result of this and, and i i think it was just kind of very um important to think that like this even just like stalking and that like it's not harmless it's not uh, that it can like rob you of your sense of safety and yeah. like just how much like how detrimental that was to her before the like actual murder like it's yeah 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 um so dan takes this to linsky the the guy who was on kirby's case before mm -hmm. and it's like did julie ever make any reports of stalking he won't comment um and linsky starts asking like what this the second no uh dan asks like what about the second victim and it's like you have the wrong sus the suspect um and uh uh this is where Linsky drops Kirby's name, which is mm -hmm. Sharon Leeds. Uh, that's Kirby. Uh, if you write a story based off of what she says, you're going to have to write a retraction. Um, Dan's pointing out like the wounds are similar. Um, but this is where Linsky drops it. Like Kirby had no memory post assault. Um, and then a few months later, she broke down. And she was admitted. Um, they brought her in, but she blanked on the suspect. And uh, but it, this is where he's like, yeah, but see, maybe she connected with the victim in some way. Um, and uh, Linsky is sure that that uh, or he says that uh, Pavel was the stock was um, Julia stalker. So, yeah. And so, I mean, this detective here, like I could mm -hmm. not hate this guy more like the, the <laughs> yes. freaking worse. Like, so, I mean, he, he's completely dismissive and like, you know, villainizing of of Kirby as if there's like anything suspicious about her behavior. Oh, like, oh, I'm sorry. Like you have a freaking PhD in clinical psychology. So, you know exactly how assault victims are supposed to report. Like, it seems like there's there he has so much blame and contempt for her for not cooperating with his investigation in a way that led to a conviction that he's you know and the fact that she came back and couldn't id a victim it's just like well maybe maybe the it wasn't the guy like she said the fact that he's incredulous like yeah how is she supposed to see him if he came up behind her like you want like it's just the fact that she hasn't performed for the police in the way that they want means that he completely invalidates her and then also you know disparages her to dan and acts like you know there's no reason to uh follow up on this at all um so yeah i really i really thought that that's Detective Linsky revealed himself to be a total a-hole. Yeah. And it's interesting that later on we'll hear from Kirby where she says, like, I was on pain meds. Like they said, they'd come back. They never did. Like clearly we're getting the other side of that story there of like why there isn't any sort of kind of coherent testimony from this, from her. Um, and yeah, I, but I, the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting in this, though, is we are starting to see there are elements here where, like, Dan is fudging the truth a little bit. Like, he talks about um, that Kirby's wounds are consistent with 
Julia is the medical examiner confirmed it. Like he explicitly did not earlier in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there's been a couple other situations like that where he's sort of like said a thing that is like almost true, but not quite true. Mm. Um, so I don't know that like Dan is the most reliable. Yeah, uh, I mean, Dan is Dan is going to Dan is going to have some moments and as this episode goes on. Yeah, too. But this was another example where I was thinking like, you know, Dan, Dan says that people like him. And I was like, I don't think Detective Linsky likes you. Dan. Yeah, but who cares if Detective Linsky yeah, likes he's a you? Jerk. He's yeah. a jerk. I mean, I mean, uh, I had a moment on uh, the Heart Supper podcast where I said something so confidently and then immediately everyone was like, that was wrong. Uh, <laughs> so I do think, though, it proves my point that like confidence is key. And this guy just being like, read up on your source before you start like speculating. Uh, he just says it with confidence, right? Like it's like, yeah, she blew the case. She has no memory. Like we're not going to believe. Don't believe her. She's a bad source. He's just saying this stuff so confidently. And yeah, he probably like for most people, it works. Just not probably our main protagonist of the mm-hmm. show. Um, so Kirby comes home, uh, sees Marcus, her, uh, her mom had called, uh, this is where Marcus is like, yeah, you can kind of mess up my birthday. You went to go see your mom for the first time in a few months. Like something's definitely up. And, uh, I can like Marcus. He's like, uh, do you want to tell me, uh, what's up? And, uh, she's like, no, he's like, all right, finish your beer. We won't <laughs> talk about it. That's fine. All good. Yeah. He seems, he seems to be like, like very patient he seems to be you know she's gonna later call him kind um and it's interesting because like you do wonder like we don't know what we don't we don't know what the true timeline is right like we don't know Mm -hmm. if kirby is married to marcus or is you know single and living with her mom like we don't know which of those timelines is true but you wonder like in a timeline where kirby is married to marcus like this is probably something that happens from time to time that she is distant and confused and messes mm-hmm. things up. Um, so you wonder about like how that plays into the history of their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that too, actually, that like this can't have been, it's, it's not, as far as we know, it's not the situation where Kirby suddenly appears in this timeline where she's married to Marcus and like everything has been quote unquote normal up till that Mm -hmm. point. Right. Like it's probably uh, a situation where the assault still happened in this timeline. She just dealt with it differently, got help she needed. I don't know. Like, and like mom knows about the assault, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so Mm -hmm. it did happen. Like this mom that like, like the church lady mom knows about the assault. (laughs) So it did happen. Um, Yeah. So it's interesting to think about like what in those different realities, like the other characters impressions are of like how she's dealt with it and how Mm -hmm. she's processed it. Yeah. And so this, you know, this probably isn't the first time maybe that she's come home without all the stuff, you know, he's kind of like, we wrote a list. Like, it seems like maybe, you know, they, that was potentially a strategy that they had to try to like avoid these situations when they happen. And uh, yeah, maybe this is something that has happened before. And I'm interested in, are there infinite, uh, you know, timelines or are, are they, are they finite? So uh, is there a world where she will, 
you know, will she go back to the to the moment where she's like she's living with her mom and she's ready to move? You know, she's planning to move out, you know, uh, and she has a dog. Uh, does she just, you know, uh, does she come back to this moment where she's with Marcus um, at some point if, if we ever leave that or whether mom, mom, dog, mom, cat, mom, fish, mom, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So whether, yeah, does she relive some of these, mm. uh, even though she never remembers being there or whether it will, con there's like constant change. Um, who knows? Um, so we're back at uh, Julia's house. She hears like, you know, rocks being thrown at the window, pebbles being thrown at the window. Nobody's there, um, but she does find the same Polaroid she found in the pot um, in her closet. She heads downstairs. She finds another Polaroid um, and she runs into the kitchen to grab a knife um, and finds a Polaroid of her in the exact position that she's in. Super creepy. Yeah. Uh, the, the telephone rings and Harper's like, you don't need that. I'm not in the house. Uh, so how'd you get in? You let me in. Uh, you did know me. You will know me. Um, when he closes his eyes, he doesn't know where his memories are from anymore. So he, this is the, 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 to me, uh, we'll get to the, and then he asks her, can you remember the future? Um, it seems like he's having memory problems as well. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe yeah. the radium. <laughs> no, like legitimately, I think this, you know, eventually we'll skip ahead to see him like in bed with bed all with this mm -hmm. radium. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it did make me think that like he is susceptible and the, the scene with the mug and the teacup, like it seems like maybe um, he is susceptible to the same thing that these women are dealing with as well, which I thought was interesting um and raises many more questions about yeah. the timeline of all of this and what's going on yeah this and this this scene um this is just like kind of like a meta comment like this is all like very evocative to like woman alone in the house horror movies um you know she's like in in the dark going down the you know the stairs running to the phone the call is coming from inside the house sort of like all of the tropey stuff and like i i'm like very much enjoying the show i think it's very well done i think it's more than just this but i did have a moment i was watching this with my husband i'm like people never get sick of just terrified women and so like it's like there's like this terrified yeah. women fetish in film and television that is just like i don't need to see terrified women i mean i we're obviously watching the, the <laughs> watching show. an entire show it's very kind of much that women, but like yeah. the, for whatever reason it was like this scene of julia like at the phone holding the box cutter like with the horror tropes that i was like this is really like leaning into all of that so i did a little search of radium and one of the first images that comes up was clocks and i was like why oh. clocks so apparently oh. radiums were heavily used people were fascinated by it being glow in the dark and so I know people this and forgot this so yeah, yeah this is vintage for here vintage clocks are like known for being filled with radium wow um and the people who used to make clocks uh and and do all this stuff were typically radium dials were typically typically painted by young women who used to point their brushes by licking and shaping the bristles oh. prior to painting the fine lines and numbers on the dials so like yeah there's a lot i feel wow, like i've covered a whole i pulled out a thread that's <laughs> yeah, a lot. yeah that that's a good one yeah. there's a lot yeah. there which you know the the whole time yeah that makes total not total sense there's still a lot to like <laughs> to get from point a to point b um no but, but i think i think yes. that there's like at the very least a metaphor here, if not more to that. Yeah. I think that's right. really interesting. 
Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so we jump back. To, uh, Dan goes to meet Kirby. He's like, I need to talk to you. He's like, I need to know about Sharon Leeds. Uh, and also, I just think, she, is it a pun? Sharon Leeds. I'm sharing. I'm sharing. They are sharing Leeds. They are sharing Leeds. Who is It's like if this was written, if this was written by Grace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's right. Who uh, is Sharon Leeds? I got Leeds. Who's Sharon Leeds? Leeds? Who's Sharon Leeds? Yeah. yeah. Like if people would be so sick of me if I worked in a detective. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, I like to get my source's name right. And uh, he says, call it professional pride. He pulled her employment application and she had said that she had some credentials that perhaps she did not have. She says she didn't lie to get the job. Sharon Leeds lied to get the job. Well, um, do, we know, do we know that she lied or do we know that he's saying like, this is what your application said. Is that true? Like, later I she'll say thing. she wanted to be a journalist, right? So like there is a world in which she did go to those places. Yeah, so yeah. this was my understanding of this was that she did go to U of I. She did used to work at the Tribune. She used to like live close to the Tribune because she was working there and like trying wanting to become Good a journalist. Hands, that, yeah. that the only thing that she lied about was her name here was sort mm -hmm. of my understanding. But yeah, it, again, it's like Dan is very like uh, upset that he hasn't, you know, been given all of the information. And this is one of those moments where I was like, I don't know that you needed to have. But to be fair to Dan, like just to give Dan the benefit of the doubt, like this kind of dual relationship, like with a source and a colleague is like, is very like, there's, there's, there's no good way to navigate it. Right. It's like, it's like, it's almost like they shouldn't be doing this together at all. But like, so that's where I would say that you can, that you can criticize Dan, even though like, I think that his motives are mostly good, but it's like, you know, at, he does have his like professional responsibilities as a journalist to get this information. And the fact that she is a colleague and they're co-investigate, he's not just a source, like he's inviting her to co-investigate with him. And like, that is like an essentially problematic relationship where there are going to be conflicts of interest for uh, Kirby and for Dan. So like, I do think to be fair to him, it's like he's acknowledging that this is a difficult situation um, where he can't just like behave friend to friend or colleague to colleague uh, with Kirby here. Mm -hmm. um, so this is, they sit down and chat. This is uh, where we get the other half of um, what Linsky is saying. Like she's saying, you know, like, yeah, I, you know, I was on, pain meds they did a write-up it was light they said they would come back um dan's like asking okay so what is missing from the story um one of the things um that she's saying is like uh she's not sure how no one else saw it in the report there's no witnesses and she's like yeah there were people and then there just weren't mm -hmm. um and yeah that 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 was that felt just like sad to me it feels like you know by standard where like people just, is that the is that what we is that the read we get that like people saw something might be happening and, and just turn i and, definitely and thought away? it was more supernatural in some way because oh, later yes. in yeah. the at the party when he's talking to dan uh he says something along the lines of like no one's here even though they're like surrounded by people and it was like, yeah. is yeah. So there's definitely the uh, the possibility that it is kind of this metaphor of like no one's paying attention to you, like people are too busy with their own lives, which like does famously happen effect. with the bystander. Sure. I mean, the Kitty Genevieve story is like what mm -hmm. what inspired that line of research: a woman being assaulted in a crowded place and yelling for help, and nobody coming to help her. But it did seem like 
there was something about this story where you're like, okay, maybe reality shifted and the people went away. Oh, now I'm like, oh, yeah. he definitely time traveled her. Definitely. Like, that that, <laughs> ma- that makes so much sense that he would time travel her to a place where he can get away with it, right? That makes yeah. Sense. So that, that was kind of my idea was that they kind of yeah. shifted to a different time where they were suddenly alone, but it is kind of this weird... Um, in the future, they went to you know, the be happy the bar. Yeah. Went, like, like, but like, I mean, like, the, she has yes. an artifact that we think is like probably from the future, right? Like, if there mm-hmm. was never a be happy bar there, but it's a great location, then there probably will be. Oh, and then, from the future, I was thinking from like an alternate timeline. No, I was. I think few. I think the, the be happy bar. The reason they're like there's never been a dress here is because it hasn't been there yet. It will be there. It will become a spot. Um, and that's the same thing with like the, the radium, right? Like the tin can, right? Like mm-hmm. he's leaving it as this, like a clue, uh, thinking he he'll never get caught. Right. Cause this is, is like the way to like have fun with it that he's like, you know, he, I think he time travels to 1950 to bring her, you know, whatever. Uh, maybe that's also part of it. He likes, he, he like goes time travels, whichever direction and then comes, comes back, you know, that like, uh, the thrill of potentially being like, why would he leave it in 1950? Because uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't Anyway. Um, yeah. So they're, they're chatting about that. And then Dan brings up this line of, of like, did you ever have any break-ins? And she's like, I always knew something was off. Like someone was, was here and it just left. And he says that like, Julia was being stuck. She filed reports. And this worker is like, was he watching me? Like, did he know me? And uh, asked, uh, can you please not tell anyone in the office that uh, she is a source? It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah. The, the, yeah, the feeling that she knows that someone was in her apartment. Yeah, and um, she like, and she portrays this really well that like it sort of sinks in that she feels like, oh, like I was being watched, which like definitely adds a whole other layer of horror to what she's experienced. Like this idea that like it was premeditated, and she w- and like all of her feelings that something was off were at, like were probably true. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, go to visit Julia's dad. They go to the house. Um, Dan had like scheduled an interview, but there are a ton of journalists outside. So uh, Julia's dad is not willing to chat with anybody. Uh, he said uh, too much. Uh, but on the ride over, um, there's like a ton of junk in Dan's car. Uh, we find out he has a kid. Are there beer cans too? It, there like- was definitely like an empty bo- alcohol bottle. Yeah. Of some kind. So yeah, this scene if certainly like as we like progress here, like Dan certainly seems drunk, this is the right? dark this is the dark side of dad like i don't know yeah. if he's drunk in the car here but he's definitely okay. going to get loaded at this uh-huh. wake that they go to where he's on assignment um yeah. we find out that he has a kid what uh, does she hold up in this car i couldn't it's, figure it's it out. like it's, a, it's game, a game boy cartridge, cartridge. it was yeah. like a, oh, yeah okay i like paused and reround this a few times are you and, like, too young are you too young for this melissa no definitely not okay. definitely not i'm older than grace but okay. uh, no yeah. i just i i did i I don't know. I was watching this on like half of my laptop screen and was yeah, like right. struggling to be like, what is this? Um, yeah, he it's like a Game Boy cartridge and and he says, Yeah, I, I have a, I, she's like, Do you have you have kids? And he's like, one. And she's like, Yeah, that, that's enough. That counts as you yeah, have to count. <laughs> um, this whole scene was pretty funny, actually. This was hilarious, I thought. Yeah, yeah like they he like I have a 12 year old. He really has his shit together more than I do. And she says, you'll get there, you'll get there, which, yeah. which I thought was really, was really funny. was delivered really well. Um, and she says, you know, are you and Marcus thinking of kids? And she's like, well, we ha- like, we haven't talked about it. Yeah. In um, the last 24 hours yeah. that I've known I was married to him. We um, haven't brought it up. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then she asked Dan, like, oh, he shot for you. What do you think of him? And he's like, your husband? You haven't formed your own opinion yet? <laughs> yeah, which I thought was very funny. Um, but I think it, it, it gets super real here. I, I mean, love yeah. that he's the honesty like, to yeah. Derby, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. She says, I think he's kind. And he just says, yeah, that's not my read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's I a think- martyr. All decency, but no compassion. Uh, oh, and she says, well, you're not married. And he says, nope, but I'm highly eligible. <laughs> Boy, that all decency, no compassion. He's a martyr to 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 his wife. Is that's bold? That's a, it's a bit. First of all, he has he has formed a very specific opinion. Yeah. Like that, he had that ready. That was like yeah. right off the dome. Um, and he had no uh, hesitancy to to let Kirby know that. Um, do we think he's like? Is this like coming on to her at all? I the yeah, highly eligible. Like it's kind of like you know flirty cheeky i think yeah. a little bit um i kind of hope that's not where the show yeah is going but i mean what what show does not do <laughs> too many characters yeah huh? prove huh? pro- prove me wrong television i hope not <laughs> no yeah uh yeah let's, I, say, I let's like, say it's yeah. not okay yeah uh so this is, they go they head to the house uh you know and and like well can't you like you know, we'll talk to him when everyone leaves. He's like, no, I can't push him. Um, and says, maybe the family made a statement. So he goes and enjoys uh, some drinks. She's going to mm-hmm. chat with the jur- some of the journalists. And bold of Kirby, she heads back down the alleyway, sees the family. He's like, I worked with her. Uh, we were friends. Uh, and then heads inside. It takes like, over By the earrings. way, I, I, or- I borrowed these earrings from yeah. her. It's yeah. a pretty good cover. Yeah. Yeah. Just returning them. And uh, heads through the house, walks through the house. Heads upstairs, goes into Julia's room, and is sort of snooping around and looking through these the journals and the tapes. So I definitely thought she was getting caught here. Uh, mm-hmm. the, like the fake out of like suspense, and then it just turns out to be like yeah. the the father being like, "What the hell are you doing in here?" A, cu- a couple things I want to note here: like, there's a woman giving a statement in Spanish to a television reporter um, about Julia was baptized at this church, and we finally get to bury her there. I think that that's Julia's mom. Even though, mm-hmm. like, we she hasn't been referenced before, but then, um, the young man who directs her to where to put the earrings it calls uh, that woman Tia. So I think that that might be the cousin who identified her. Like, not that that necessarily is going to be, but I think that the and this is the same kitchen, obviously, where we saw the family unpacking right. earlier. Uh, I thought so, it was interesting yeah. that we never. We never saw the dad in this scene, right? No. We saw him slam the door at Dan. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just it I kept expecting like a run-in with him that never happened mm-hmm. and I wondered if that was notable in some way, but maybe not. Maybe it's just there were other things going on. I thought I, that's what I I thought we were going to get like that she gets caught but it's it's by him and not, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, but mm-hmm. um so Dan's outside. Uh he's getting looking sloppy. Dan's he, sloppy <laughs> very quickly. I will say, you know, but I get you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, that was very fast. I do think this is like a you know, a follow-up to the last, you know, it's implied like he meets him at the bar. Uh he's having you know, he mm-hmm. does have a drink and talking about that he had like uh, you know, these he did go for treatment, but uh yeah, he he does seem to be drinking. Um and he sees this man walking around. And he says, "Hey, I'll uh, I'll take your statement uh, if you have one." Mm-hmm. And uh it's Harper. Uh says, uh, uh, how do you know I'm not a reporter? He says, Well, what where are you who are you with? He says, the Daily News. Oh, really, you know, you can take your time with the deadline. They've been uh, out of print for 10 years. Uh he's like, Yeah, I would bet not many people know that. And uh so Dan introduces himself. 
um like, oh yeah you wrote about julia uh and it's like uh he says he lives close um he says they made an arrest but they'll see if it sticks and uh dan gives him his business card and uh, uh harper's like oh do you think it's do you think it's someone else and dan sort of gives himself away probably because he's drunk uh and sort of smiles and he's like you're not very good at this and uh he says uh you know you're not doing you're not very good at your job and he's like yeah talking to people like you is is what the job is and uh, yes, why everyone else is gone. So I I took this line as like all the press has left. Yes. Not that everybody at the party was gone, that right. like all the press has left at this point. So there's no more story there. Um, but um, yeah, so that yeah, so this is like, and again, this is like a scene where like Dan is kind of being like, you know, people like Dan. I don't know if people like Dan as much as he thinks that people like him. He's being like, but you see this kind of like sm smarmy contentiousness play out between Dan and Harper in the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and he's, I mean, he's definitely drunk. Uh, so I feel like, yeah, yeah he's like giving mm -hmm. his, his game away. Uh, do we like I this? Was I was funny. Yeah, go ahead. But the part of this that I thought was funny was. I think Dan is the only person that we've seen interact with Harper and not mm. like have major creep vibes. Like I thought it was. And so I thought it was just this interesting dynamic of uh, you. I think you see it a lot in real life where people will like know someone who then is like accused of sexual assault or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, I never got that vibe or no, he's not like that or whatever. And it's like so often like you don't know if you're not the mm. victim, like you don't you might not be getting those vibes from somebody and you might have no idea. And I just, um, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting that they're having this whole conversation and Dan seems just like to be like enjoying himself. And it, and he's the first person that we've seen interact with him in that way and not immediately kind of get their guard up. I mean, he does spot him. I think right? Dan is like on to him. Like, and I was, I'm hoping he is like, I'm really hoping that he's already clocked this. Cause like later we are going to hear a tape with Harper's voice. And I was like, Oh, Dan's heard Harper's voice. Mm -hmm. Like Dan, you can do this. Um, and he does it, but I'm hoping that this is like, yeah, going to register to Dan, but Dan, Dan's Dan's drunk. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I think, I think this is, you know, it, it is, you know, it is going to be the story. I think too, that like, he's, he's sort of struggling and perhaps mm -hmm. as like frustratingly. So as Kirby is like, picking the you know putting the pieces together um dan's gonna like not be able to like do you know and he's the one being like i need you like i you know i you know i need i need to be able to verify your information right and dan will be like close to the you know he's literally met the guy he's looking for mm -hmm. and sort of it's like is i think is right to be like hey you come here like let me talk to you you know like how do you know how do you know julia is like, mm -hmm. close you know he is sort of asking the right questions and yet i think it is going to sort of like slip from his grasp a little bit because he has these substance abuse issues yeah i mean sherlock holmes had his opium yeah true yeah i guess i it wasn't my read at all it was that he saw him talking to the reporter and thought something i i, I don't know it to me it, it the read was that he like knew he didn't belong there but not necessarily that there was any sort of like negative vibe but that he thought he was like a nosy neighbor or like some like somebody like trying to get info for some other reason i don't know that i i just didn't read it that he like thought this guy was bad news well he did lie to him too he's like where do you work it's daily news yeah no. yeah but then they he seemed all like chummy and weird about it i don't know yeah yeah because he's drunk <laughs> yeah i guess so yeah. i don't know 
so this is where um, uh, Kirby will find the small tape in the jewelry box, which we'll learn is a, a voicemail uh, mm -hmm. tape. That that is uh, to a. I I don't even think I had voicemail tapes uh, growing up. I think it is before my time. We yeah we we definitely I had them in my like childhood home. Definitely the voicemail tapes. Yeah. Uh, so she plays the tape. It's a call to 911 saying someone's in the house, but they're not there right now. Never sees them, but knows that they are there. Uh, and then there's another call where the phone rings and uh, it says, you know, the police will be there in 18 minutes. And Kirby immediately, uh, which is, I think this is a great callback from, from last episode where she's like, yeah, I, I remember what he called me when you mm -hmm. know, he was me. she immediately recognizes the voice right. um, and Harper saying like, yeah, I'm there at every moment um, there uh, though. Everything is that has happened, everything that will happen. I'm with all of you and hangs up. Kirby takes the tape and heads outside to show it to Dan. Yeah. All of you. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I took that so metaphorically, like, all, but like yeah, Kirby's totally right to like when later, like there's more women, there's a bunch more, yeah. women, which mm -hmm. that's surprising that, that the show would be. Yeah. I mean, we get no follow up on the genie storyline. Yeah. I will yeah. say like seeing this Julia, like the Julia 1990 storyline running alongside the 1992 storyline made me really much more like on the track of like, we don't really know when that Ginny storyline happened. That could have been mm -hmm. anywhere. <clears throat> any when. Any when. Any why. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyhow. <laughs> what a great segue. <laughs> Gosh, we're so good at podcasting. <laughs> That's in the biz. Um, yeah, back in the newsroom, Kirby and Dan are going to play the tape recording for Abby. I cannot find this actress in the IMDb, and I'm like, she's hmm. so familiar to me. I'm almost positive that she must have played like some sit, like she must have been on some sitcom that I watched. Like, I have to find out who this who this actress is. So yeah. if any we'll if any of our thinking. listeners know, um, let me know. Um, yeah, so they. Um, they're going to they're going to actually need to go back and get permission from the family to use this tape in any way. You can't just break into people's homes under the name of journalism. Um, and Abby's just like, wow, like, I guess the Chicago Police Department didn't look too hard for any exonerating evidence. Surprise, surprise. Um, and, um, you know, but why would she have hidden the tape like the editor wants to know? Um, and, you know, Kirby says, like, you know, she knew he was coming and that was you know the best that was all she could do at that point um and there's like a sweet moment when abby asks dan like oh by the way did you ever like get any more info about that source and and dan says yeah she held up just fine and, and kirby looks like really sort of satisfied and proud that like he seems to be believing her well i think that's another it's a good point you're saying Lisa, where he sort of says things that are like true and he's not telling the whole truth right mm -hmm. um like he's saying this thing that is he believes to be true she held it fine without telling abby that like oh it's uh <laughs> this is this is the suspect she, she's uh, right here right yeah. here right <laughs> he's there. like no. i'll tell you later she's yeah. right here <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah uh yeah uh and so then we get the final scene of the episode harper uh heads home uh, he lies down on his bed and we zoom out to see radium on the bed. It was in the form of anything. I kind of thought maybe someone lying next to him, but it didn't yeah. seem, I don't know. It, yeah. What did you think, Melissa? I, I, I paused there too. And I was like, is this going to be like the form of a, of a body? Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I didn't. Again, this was one of those moments where I had to like pause and rewind, it was, like very quickly cut to credits. And I was like, wait, what is happening? Um, and yeah, it does seem like there is just radium decay in his bed next to him. I was trying to figure out if it was like the outline of a body or, mm -hmm. or what was going on. Like, is it coming? Because like it's part of him and he lies in this bed like what is it i don't know i still have so many questions but it, it definitely seemed like radium in his bed like somehow mm -hmm. he is connected to the radium which i think we knew you know it being left in the body and all but that maybe it's affecting him as well mm -hmm. yeah 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 i wonder how much radium is like it seems like radium is going to be like a critical part of the puzzle of like whatever mm. kind of mysterious thing is going on like at first I thought okay this is just like a clear signifier of something that was obviously from a different time so we have like if the be happy bar is the future and the radium is the past um but I it, it seems like this probably it seems like this potentially has more significance than the matchbook unless there's something more we're going to learn about the matchbook like that it doesn't just mark something from a different time that it might actually be like a critical part of understanding the mechanism of like who this guy is and how he's doing what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, yeah, he left radium inside of Julia uh, and then he has radium on his bed. Yeah, uh, yeah, we don't we don't yet know that like radium is at all directly tied to Kirby's assault, but maybe there's something else that we'll learn about that. I mean, they would have never looked right. They would have never looked for it, presumably. Yeah, I mean, so, she would yeah. have she would be being poisoned. Right, right. Yeah. It, so we don't know how like, like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, just that like the this. It, to me, I'm sort of interpreting it that these weird, like, time situations, this kind of loose grasp of of time and reality is kind of the effect of radium poisoning. Um, oh, yeah. But that maybe it is some form, uh, some, like, alternate isotope that is not actually, like, also causing, like, actual poisoning. I don't know. The other piece of this that is is... This guy, he knows, he knows, um, he knows Kirby. He went back in time and found her as a child. He, 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 he knows her. Um, he did not kill um, uh, Harper or Kirby. Uh, Kirby, Kirby lives. Uh, you would think that if you had access to time travel and, you know, and so what happened, right. what happened that he chose not to kill Kirby is a question that I have because if it, whether that's on purpose or by accident um, and, and, either of those things is interesting to me in terms of like where the story goes because everybody else, well, we don't know what happened to Julia. We actually don't know. about. So it. I was going to say, I actually think the opposite might be true. I think that Julia's death might've been an accident and that he mm. doesn't purposefully mm. set out to kill them because, you know, playing with them and fear and control and manipulation is far oh. more satisfying. Mm. And so, you know, for all we know, Ginny is still alive. Kirby's uh, Kirby. Like, I think what, I think Ginny's fate is, might answer that question a little bit because yeah. I'm thinking that, you know, maybe Julia, there was, you know, an accident there of some kind. And so he had to like 
figure that out, but that he actually maybe the these various women, maybe most of them are still alive. I mean, it really is like the taking the wings off of the bee, right? He's like, first we find the side and then we take it away. And so it's like we see Kirby living as like a shadow of herself. Like you, you, there were the remarks about how Julia had changed. It's like her shot. She was a diamond. Like he literally calls her like the rarest kind of diamond. And he took away her shine. Oh, that's so, so like, you're right. Like we don't, we're making assumptions about what happened with Ginny, but maybe it's like his aim to just sort of rob these women of like what it is that makes them, them. It's, it's interesting. And I mean, there is the thing too where um, a lot of like uh, serial, like uh, you change their motives, sort of change, you know, as they get more whatever, you know, mm-hmm. as things to you know, they're not their motives to change, but like the outcome of what they are doing uh, sometimes mm-hmm. can change, or whether things like sort of escalate. Because um, there's a world where it's like if he can time travel, he can kind of have both. He can, you know, he can have them. a timeline where Kirby died, a timeline where Julia's still alive. I do, I do like the idea perhaps that like there, I don't like the idea that there are other women uh, out there, but the idea, like, again, I feel like that could be a very powerful, again, if this is a me too analogy of uh, sort of Kirby finding other women who have the same story and, and it's like sort of the power of potentially them coming forward and being able to tell their story um, that would, you know, help, you know, them find Harper and figure it out um, could be, could be very powerful rather than Kirby being the one person who like managed to survive out of all of them but yeah we'll see i have lighter news i found uh the actress if you want to uh, oh, <laughs> erica alexander she was in get out is her biggest role i would say but also okay. in living single and some other stuff for living, oh that's i know her from living single i've seen I get know. out but i like yeah. she just lived in my in my brain in such a way where i'm like i know i watched you every week on television <laughs> when i was like 11 years old it's like uh-huh. I, I that was the file i just couldn't read what it okay thank you well the other one she was in a bunch of is which i presume is not the show you watch which is uh, tim allen's last man standing i presumed that I was not that, the one. Miss that one yeah no. i missed that one Damn, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right well that is episode two evergreen we'll be back in a few days time with episode three uh overnight is is the name of the episode um and then we're caught up with everybody else and nobody could spoil yeah. us about anything and we could pr- even well, go on like, like the book, book that exists oh, about this oh, story yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. about that okay so we can't read it all no. right. yeah no but like please well, don't spoil us about the book yeah uh listen where can people find you what are you up to yeah, so follow me on Twitter, Melissa W28. I podcast on the Patreon feed for YA with Kevin Mahadeo and Brooklyn Zed. We're on a bit of a pause, but uh, next week we will come back with our coverage of Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, kind of continuing on that coverage there in the patron feed i think i already said that it's been a long day y'all uh mm-hmm. and so also uh over on twitch.tv slash dm philly for dragonfly DD in space uh as well as the humble year show uh grace and i are doing another episode of that in a couple weeks so yep. check it out what about you amanda uh you can find me on twitter where i'm uh at dr amanda r that's dr amanda r 
and I'm on Twitter at High From Grace. Got lots of stuff going on. Follow me on Twitter. It is a wonderful time uh, to become a patron because mm. this has this podcast listening. You're probably listening to it on at least the first of the month, if not a few days in. So a uh, great time to support the arts. Patreon.com slash post show recaps. Listen to YA. Lots of other bonus uh, Patreon pods. A wonderful Discord community and so much more. So a uh, wonderful time. We'll be back in a few days time with our next episode uh, recap. Until then, bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.